I like to talk about Miramichi. I like to talk about sports. It's in my wheelhouse. We have hosted major midget Atlantics and then had our team ripped away from us thanks to Hockey New Brunswick. That still pisses me off. What I love about it is that you remember it one way, I remember it another, but we'll both remember it as The Run. Welcome to episode number eight of The Run. Jerry Green is here. Jerry, welcome. Yes, Patty. Always a pleasure. Kevin Bowes. Glad to be back, Patty. All right, here we go, folks. We're going to talk a little Chatham Senior Ironman, a little New Brunswick Senior Baseball League, which, by the way, uh, started over the weekend past. Are you ready for this, Jerry? St. John is out of the gates mm-hmm. uh, with a 2-0 record. Uh, Charlottetown is 0-2. Fredericton down Moncton. Uh, so the Royals are 1-0. And the Fisher Cats, God, I hate that name, is 0-1. The Ironman have yet to play. They're going to remedy that situation here, weather permitting, this coming Saturday with a pair over in Charlottetown. And with weather permitting, how does St. John get two games in? Well, the fog lifted, evidently. (laughs) (laughs) They're the rainiest portion of this province. Yes, absolutely. All right, so before we uh, take a little walk around the league here, Bose, uh, give us an update on all things uh, Chatham Senior Ironman here. We have been uh, dealing with the rain for the last two weeks. So we've been outside probably four times or so. Um, Last team to start, so our imports, Jack and Rhett, arrive on Wednesday. Start play on on Saturday, and uh, we'll be set to go. They're here on game number one? They are here on game number one. Oh, my. Why wouldn't they be? Well, I just figured maybe schooling or life get in the way, and they were going to come later. That's Well, then they shouldn't have been hired. Well, look, at has every import been here on day number one? No, sir. Thank uh, you. Okay. Well. So there's precedent for that, Jerry? Yes. Um, have you you've been outside, but not on Ironman Field? We have been on Ironman Field to a, to a degree. Yeah. Sunday we hit. Field was a little soft, so we hit and did a little bit of live work. Uh, we've had a couple full practices, but some some bits and pieces too. Anything's good. It's Patty, good to be outside. You got the numbers from the St. John Charlottetown two game set, and the question, and you'll go over them, which is they're small numbers in regards to runs and 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 uh, batters getting hits. Is that the case, Kevin? In the early going, does the does the pitcher have the edge over the over the hitters in the first few games of the season? I think so for sure. Yeah. I think as a rule, maybe this year our league will be low scoring. I think the pitching is as good as it's ever been, mm. but I think uh, year to year you probably see bats are slow starting and. Uh, and pitching really dominates. That being said, 11-4, Fredericton over Moncton on, on yeah. Sunday maybe tells a different tale. All right, so yeah, we're not asking you to tip your hand here, but I guess in a roundabout way we are. Uh, Saturday, Charlottetown, pair. Do you throw both imports and get a little look-see as to where they're at? I think everyone will get some time. Uh, Fesser will start one game. Shane Courtney will start another. Uh, we will see Jack Kraft in relief at some point. We'll see Jamie Walls in relief at some point. Right. Um, we'll see where JF is at. He's uh, easing into things, but he, he's been throwing and he's been off the mound, so we're, we'll get a feel for where he's at this week, but that's those four we'll see for sure. Well, I think uh, by the looks of the, the box score from St. John, the, the Alpines kind of went by the book where they had their two main starters in Case and, and uh, Gailey, uh, Gailey uh, go maybe four or five innings and then had relief for both guys that uh, both relievers won a couple innings. So, you know, that's getting everybody is Kevin says, getting everybody in. Before we get to uh, St. John, because that's a real good conversation to have. And I don't want to send the flag up the pole here for fans, and I don't want to ignore the regular season. But let's, let's, let's say what it is here. Our focus here is on the Nationals. We're, we're, we're gearing up for two things, to avoid that miniseries. Noel enlighten us on that. Mm, that's right. But I'm not so sure that the record leading up to the Nationals matters so much in the sense that you just want to get everyone their innings, get everyone some plate appearances, and so on and so forth. Is That's that right. fair? That's right. We want to be playing well leading into late August and, and then carry that into September. We're not going to get too hung up on, on 
on our regular season record. That being said, we, we want to win two on well, Saturday. Well, absolutely, and then, yes. And then we'll want to win ne- one next Friday night in Fredericton. No, no, I, I understand that. I, I didn't, I'm not suggesting that you don't want to win the games. What I'm saying is that it's more of a tune-up for the bigger task at hand here. Look, at it, it's the Nationals, A, and B, it's going to be on your home field in front of 2,500 to 3,000 fans. So mm-hmm. we best make sure that we're ready for when the spotlight is shining, I guess. That's right. And, and if you go back to last year and the year before, Mark did a great job of, of getting bodies in uh, guys nights off uh, lots of pitchers work and that bodes well for later on in the year we don't want to rely on nine guys we don't want to rely on three pitchers we want to make sure we have everybody ready to go for late August and then into our playoffs in September so it's really important that we do that if you look at last year I said the teams you could have flipped a coin and finished anywhere between first and fourth coming to that last two weeks and right. it just happened to be that we came second and St. John came third and we faced off but we just as well could have came first or we're down to third as well. Mm-hmm. All right. As you referenced St. John, let's go back to Kevin Ferguson and his crew. And uh, you know what? Uh, the the New Brunswick Senior Baseball League fan in me is uh, somewhat excited that St. John is, is in the mix from day one. Uh, you know, they've had spurts over the last handful of years. But it's been more, uh, more, more downs than than highs, more lows than highs. I guess that's right. What I'm trying to say there. But look at on paper, you have Case, Gailey, Jensen, Johnson, mm-hmm. uh, O'Toole, uh, Dan Taylor. I'm assuming is that's still right. in the mix. Yep. I mean, Jesus, Kevin, that's that's all right. Well, you look, we faced them in the playoffs last year, and they were tough. Yeah. Uh, we were game six and a nail biter. No. Had to bring in Jarvis to close it out in game mm-hmm. six, and and that was Gailey, who's a, a top notch lefty. Jensen, who I said probably gave us as tough of a game as we gave, mm-hmm. uh, had all year game five at home uh, O'Toole is tough on everybody uh, lefty crafty uh, can still amp it up a little bit and then you add Andrew Case who played double A up to triple A last year and Jay Johnson who who had a, a really good year with the Capital and in the independent mm-hmm. league I mean they have a, a legit top staff and, and again for fans who may be uh, not in the know here as uh, we both reference uh, uh, Case this guy's a phone call away this time last year from, from the show. That's right. And here he is in the Brunswick Senior Baseball League. And, again, I don't want to tip your hand here. I don't want you to tip your hand. But one would assume the call has been made to join us in August, whether he accepts or not to be determined. Or We, we haven't done any any no. uh, any calls yet. Oh, okay. But as, as you roll your eyes, we have not talked to no, anyone I'm, yet. I'm not saying roll your eyes, but the name's on the bulletin board. Come on. Yeah. Oh, no question. Okay. Ooh. Thank yeah. you. Kev, tell us this. Um, Kev. Kev. <laughs> Uh, Jamie Wall's dominant player when he was yeah. last in an Ironman uniform, and was it three years? He he pitched a bit in 2016, uh, had an appearance with Fredericton at Nationals, but really full time with us was 2015 was okay. the last time we saw. Him. So now you've had him for training camp, yep. spring training, if you will. Give us an update on on way Jamie looks, way he used to look, and way he looks now. I mean, we all get older, we all get a little heavier, that that sort of thing. Can you give us an update? There, uh, Jamie looks great. Yeah. Uh, maybe one of Jamie's top qualities is how competitive he is. Yes, um, in a good way. How stubborn he is. Yes, um, to go with his live arm, and uh, you know he is itching to get back at it. He's excited, uh, which we love to see. And throwing the ball, he's been. And I don't see he hasn't missed a beat. I'm sure there'll be some rust that he's going to have to knock off, but. It's really been impressive to watch him throw the ball because we know if you go back, seems like it was just yesterday, but six years mm-hmm. ago when we won in 2013, mm. and we, we just hopped on, on Jamie and, mm-hmm. and Frankie's yeah. back, and he threw that 147-pitch game six against Fredericton. Um, Look at the bind I know, him. it's crazy. Yeah. And he was, uh, you know, he, he looks really good. He and wants the ball. That he loves to pitch. Mm-hmm. Loves to pitch. So that'll be a challenge this year because all of our guys love to pitch. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know Rhett well, and we'll meet him this week, but... All indications are he loves to pitch and he's competitive, which means he'll fit in well with our staff because 
JF wants the ball. Jamie wants the ball. Shooter's going to want the ball. Rhett's going to want the ball. Jack wants to play and pitch. Quick little side here on Fester. Have you followed this guy on Twitter yet? Jerry, you're an awful Twitter guy. I am an awful Twitter guy, but no, you haven't oh, enlightened no. me yet. Please do. This yeah, guy well, This guy has an opinion. I follow your way. He has an opinion. Yeah. He's active. He, he's active is the word, <laughs> yes. <laughs> all right, so look. In at, all things baseball? Or all things... I'd say all things life. Oh, all no, things this, life. Guy, this okay. guy is shooting politics at us. Oh, he's got an answer for everything. This guy, is, right. he's a beauty. Um, Noel was quick to point uh, the finger your way uh, for finding these guys. Uh, Kraft is a known entity, Jumping Jack Kraft. I said to Mark the last time, and so did Jerry, and uh, Mark agreed. Uh, I don't think we've seen the best of Kraft last time around after that leg injury, but give us, uh, give us a few words on Fesser. Fesser was uh, definitely priority one was to find a Canadian pitcher with us hosting nationals and it's nice to first pick and that's big for us and we have a lot of depth in our league but let me jump in there for folks who uh, aren't in the know explain why that's important that's in this right. case to, to play in the nationals we have to be a canadian citizen right and pitching depth is is key number one to win a national championship mm-hmm. so we wanted to make sure we had a top-notch canadian um so the folks we talked to we talked to uh, david burns who runs the international baseball community site which is where, where we unearthed jarvis last year um, unearthed, unearthed like that. There's an international baseball community site of people looking for jobs and work. That's right. This oh. is where Peter Gailey and does, Jimmy Jensen, Jason does, Jarvis. Does the common folks like Green and Quinn have access to this? You sure can. Oh, you've ruined my week. Common folk, yeah. Yeah. Okay, sorry. I'm so, uh, Fester comes highly regarded from there. Luke Hebert, who was his pitching coach at Prairie Baseball Academy uh, in Alberta. Luke is from Moncton, uh, who Mark and I both coached in his uh, younger days and his midget days. So Luke's turned into coaching, is now coaching our under-15 team this year in New Brunswick. So Luke knows Rhett well and, and spoke very highly of him. Um, you know, top-notch fastball. It's funny, you read different things. You talk about guys throwing high 80s, and one guy says his best pitches is his curveball, and one says his best pitches is changeup, and you like those things. Because, I like those, yeah. Right, there's three pitches right there. Um, and to a man, everyone will say his his best quality is how competitive he is, right? which is uh, music to ears, and he likes to pitch. And he's excited to come, so we're excited to have him here, and you know, everyone will be... Uh, will be keen to watch him pitch on Saturday. And is it easier to make that call when you can dangle the carrot of going to the Nationals? I think so. Yeah. I think, you know, we can vouch for our program in terms of uh, being defending provincial champions and hosting Nationals, good crowds, big event. If I'm crossing the lines of friendship here, I'll apologize. So we all have a toe in the iron and water here. But, uh, and, and again, this is for my own benefit here. And for those listening in, you're excited over having one of two Canadian because they can play. So one would ask, why not two? Ideally, two two would have been mm-hmm. okay. would have been what we would have liked. So there's um, that few in Canada. Is that what you're saying, or that few quality? We we wanted to make yeah. sure that who we were bringing in was someone that could be a top notch pitcher. Had we been looking for a player, we would want a top notch player, but someone who's going to not who's going to sit the bench in the Nationals. Someone who's going to be a, a top notch pitcher, maybe get the ball early in the Nationals, be able to pitch late. A uh, guy who's going to take the ball multiple times in a playoff series. And other than Fester, there was no one that we were convinced that was out there that would make that difference. Hmm. Now, we knew in our back pocket that PEI was back in the league, which offers more depth for national pickups. Um, Now, we didn't know about Case and Johnson, but those are are nice gems to have available to us. And and yet, Jerry, just to go backwards, we haven't called anyone yet uh, so far this year, but listen to him going here now. (laughs) We had not talked (laughs) to us all. I'm just joking. And the fact that we got Jack back, who's a known quantity, was was, uh, key for us. You know, that was a a quick phone call to Jack, and Jack was interested in us, and we were interested in him, and he knew where we stood Canadian-wise and and kind of where we were looking. And when we decided that, you know, we were, let's sign Jack up, he was... He was uh, all in. So w- since last we saw Jack, what's he been up to? 
Jack played two years in a struggle with this one in a league in Michigan. Mm-hmm. Uh, he played for a team called the East Side Diamond Hoppers. Oh, for the love of God. So, independent baseball. That's a brutal uh, name. Played as an outfielder. A diamond hopper. Di- that's a bad name. Wow. Fisher Cat, whatever. Yeah, it's right up there with Fisher Cat. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. So, he played there for two seasons. Um, went back to this California Winter League this year, which is a common place that players will go to to hook on to an independent team or in a league. Uh, Jack was back there this year, threw a bit. He hadn't pitched since he played with us in 2016. Uh, pitched a bit and impressed some people. And they thought they needed a little more experience pitching, so he's going to come here this year and pitch and play, and, and he's uh, gung-ho. So what do we know about Charlottetown? We know they go to St. John and lose a couple games, and um, I thought both, looking at the box score, both of their starting pitchers played very well too. Uh, do we know if they're... Do you recognize the guys that are in the box score? Did you see the box score? Does uh, All the names didn't ring a bell for me, but... No, for Charlottetown, mostly mostly new faces. I mean, Jordan okay. Stevenson will be the anchor of their staff. Um, Jordan has been a top pitcher, and you know when he last played two years ago, he was a top player too. If you look at his numbers, I think he was high three hundred with a couple of homers playing third base. Dylan Doucette will be as good of a player as there will be in the league. Yes, um, versatile plays anywhere in the infield. Power bat, uh, another competitor, and then after that, it's pretty much sprinkled with with junior kids coming up from their program uh, who. To give them credit, they, they have had a good junior program, and, and these guys, from all indications, are keen keen to be uh, to be involved to play senior. And, and I don't know the kid, but it looked like Darcy Affleck had a good start game one. Two hits and six innings in St. John, which is a, a nice start for him to, to kick things off. And after that, we'll, we'll see, I guess, when we get on the online on Saturday. Real quickly, because I'm looking at the lineup. Logan yeah. Gallant, Nick McPhail, Josh McDonald, uh, Jonathan Arsenault, Grant Grady, Taylor Larkin, Darcy Affleck, Jesse McIntyre. Oh, Jesse McIntyre, right. Former uh, Mary Dimmerall. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Charles McClellan, Morgan Murphy, Jacob Beck, Porter Smith, and uh, Jordan Stevenson. Yeah, nice. and you're right. Uh, Affleck had a great outing there, Kev. Yeah, and Jake Beck is yeah. a, a veteran of the league. Uh, Jake is, I think, the last holdover from the old Summerside Chevys. If you remember when the Chevys <laughs> I used do to remember come. them. Morgan uh, Carlisle. That's right. And Jake joined us in 2015. Desi Doyle. Desi Doyle. <laughs> Niall Hughes. Yeah, no, there you go. Uh, do you remember that, chair? No. Oh, come on. <laughs> McIntyre played two years ago, second base. Grant Grady's yeah. a, a decent player. Catches, plays some infield. Taylor Larkin's an outfielder. So those are the holdovers. And then the names like McPhail and Smith, and those are our kids up from junior. Am I crazy or is the Summerside Chevys, uh, that was a short-lived experiment, was you're crazy as well, but the Summerside Chevys yes. was a shorter-lived experiment. Was it a one or two years tops? I think it was three. Okay, I could be wrong. I'm not. I'm not getting into that argument. No, I'm, not, I'm not sold on that one, but I would say three. <laughs> so, seeing that Charlottetown sprinkling in some young players and Noel, Mark Noel, the the manager and coach of the Ironman, said the other time when we was on the on an episode that uh, the young players that are coming up from junior and again, your responsibility seems to be more of the pitching staff than anything. Do we have any young arms that are that are coming up that'll be able to for your usage this this particular season? Yeah, M- Mike McKay would be the the one yeah. notable. Michael is a player pitcher. I would say he'll probably make yeah. a, a bigger impact in the lineup this year than he will in the staff, but we still want to develop Michael. Left-handed arm, nice arm. Yeah. Um, good kid. So he's a guy we want to make sure we get some innings to. He'd probably be slotting six in the staff. Six when, you, or seven. Yeah. when you say good kid, he's a gamer. He's a gamer. Yeah. Yeah, he loves the game. I don't know him overly well, but I do know that much. Loves the game. Yeah. We have Jake Cook this year. Now, Jake has, has not pitched in a few years, but he's a guy we'd like to get back in the future, whether that's this year or next, back on the mound at some point. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have Zach Newman, who's playing junior. Uh, available to us when when uh, when we see fit. So he's a guy that that'll be in the mix at some point. And a lefty. And a lefty. Had a good year of college. I love the that. State. 
All right, let's uh, keep the train rolling here on uh, so St. John, Charlottetown. Uh, Frederick can give us a quick once over there. Well, what happened in Moncton, anyways? It was 11 4. Did you see any stats of any sort? I feel like Kevin's going to like Okay, this Kevin's going to know that. Well, it was 4 0 four Moncton, I think, after 4. Uh, Sam Lund. Good start. I think he's sure. 7K through 4. Sam's a top pitcher in the league. Yes, sir. A, a top pitcher in the league. Um, and then, like I think we're all going to do, Moncton made a pitch and change to get some other guys feet wet, and their first guy to the bullpen was a kid up from junior, Nate Ronan, and I think he got touched up a bit, uh, like a Fredericton lineup has been known to do mm-hmm. to, to different folk. Uh, and then that thing turned to eleven four. And to go, I didn't know it was four nothing. Became eleven four as the final. I knew it was eleven four. So what? All hell broke loose there. I, th- I think so. I think uh, I uh, saw Barrow was three for four. If you look, and yeah. I think Corey Wood might have been three for four. And who did who did Fredericton throw? All Fred- right, well, re- real quickly, Banks, Barr, Kavanaugh, Eastie, Wood, Crosman, Washburn, Washburn, Boudelier. Was he around last year? Yes, yeah, he was. Yep. Uh, Witcher. Yep. Witcher. Brooke Saunders is back with Fredericton. Uh, Sam Morehouse, Sean Reed. Pitchers uh, on the weekend, Jerry, were Reed, Morehouse, and uh, Saunders. And uh, Morehouse took the brunt over there with a lofty 10.50 ERA after mm-hmm. the opening weekend. Wow, that always, those numbers are always big after one game. <laughs> and Moncton, go ahead. Uh, I have been clear I don't like the Fisher Cats name, but they ain't going to change that. So Monk, uh, Both imports back. Johnson and Van Oy, good players. Uh, Johnson had a heck of a playoff last year. Yes, on the did. Mayon and yeah. off the plate. Yes, I, don't, I don't know what he hit, but I'm sure it was over 500. Uh, in that seven-game series with Fredericton. Um, Van Noy anchors their outfield, a uh, nice player, tracks yep. down everything in center field, and then they depend on London Johnson and Justin Cormier, a nice two-way player. Mm-hmm. Uh, so their team looks very similar to as uh, as it was last year. They have some, if you look at their bench from Sunday, there's some junior names there up from a, a good junior program. Yes. So yes. I expect Great that they'll do program. some depth. Yeah. A lot of people. All right, so here's my invitation to the fans. You're going to be there in the Nationals. The fix is on for that. It will be a success right out of the gate. We all know that, the three of us sitting around here. But I will say this. You know, sometimes those uh, Thursday evening crowds uh, can dwindle, uh, especially a Saturday doubleheader, whether it's Charlottetown or St. John in. You know, you, you get the diehards and little else. But this is the year. If you've been sitting on the fence or maybe thinking about buying a season ticket or maybe getting out of the house and coming to more games, if ever there was a time, and I'm not limiting that to the Ironman as we just did the grand tour of the league. Uh, Kevin, Jerry, you both have an opinion here. The league quality is up. Definitely. Um, I think on any given night, any team can win. And uh, I just encourage you to get out and support uh, the good ship Ironman here. Uh, and, and for those listening abroad, go out and support your Royals and Fisher Cats, Alpines and Islanders. Well, like you said last podcast uh, on the run here that, you know, you didn't you were tired of seeing Moncton and Fredericton. But fortunately, on a Thursday night, right. Moncton and Fredericton were both competitive I all agree. year long. And you were going to see a good game. Yeah, you've seen the same old faces again. But every game was good on a Thursday night because of the quality of the of the of the uh, of the other teams that was in the league on a Thursday night. And I always consider Thursday night the night right. for Ironman baseball. Sure. And St. John would have to come in on a weekend and play a doubleheader. But every Thursday night, we got Moncton and Fredericton, and I thought it was entertaining every night. And there's not too many nights that you get a dud for a pitcher. It's, yeah. I mean, we last year we yeah. had a couple times Jarvis Kramer that were treats. Yes. Uh, this year we'll see another, you know, we'll see multiple quality matchups. Lundfesser. I get my St. John guys mixed up, but I'm quite certain uh, we had a hell of a game there with uh, – um, Jarvis and Gailey going That's right. pitch for pitch. That's I mean, right. I, I think I remember saying to you, we may be seeing the two. Well, no, that was the Kramer game. The Kramer and Jarvis game. I thought, you know what? We're seeing the two best amateur pitchers in the country right now. We had an under two-hour game, didn't we, there one night? Oh, it was ridiculous. 146 it, or yeah. 145? It happened real quick. They were just, so, they were each trading shots Well, again, there. you got a guy that doesn't take any warm-ups. In the way. <laughs> let's, get, right. let's get out of it. But on your point, Patty, about this, and I don't think, 
uh, I, our enthusiasm is, is, of course, there because we know the pieces that have been put together here. But we want to emphasize to the folks, this is going to be quite a team that the Ironmen have put together. Just looking at the pitching staff, but I know the, 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 the rest of the fielders and everybody else you have playing the other positions with Glant coming back and those types of things. It's all just melding, melting right together. And you should get out and watch them now. And then you should get out and see them at the Nationals because that'll be quite a thing when, again, they'll get first pick of any other players in New Brunswick to join them well, to host the event. I say this often enough uh, during hockey season. I shall reiterate and uh, parlay into baseball. I, I can't imagine what else you're doing on a Thursday night. Mm. Um, so come to the ball field, 7.30 start. We'll get you out of there by, what, 9.30, quarter to 10 at the absolute latest, assuming we don't go into extra innings. Um, so it's a quick night. It's a cheap night. Bring the kids. There's lots to do. And uh, you're going to see a good ball game. And mm. I, I, I just can't stress that enough. Now, as we talk about, and let's, let's go down your lineup here. Let's dive into that again. Galant coming back. That puts Keating back to where he should be at third. That's right. I'm sure you would agree he's yep. a natural third baseman. And we use yeah. a lot of last names here, but... Oh, sorry. Robert Galant is back. Sorry, yes. yes. Uh, Keating, Chris Keating at third. If the season started today, we have a combination of either a Nick Leg and maybe a Jumpin' Jack Kraft at first base. Is that fair? Uh, Nick would probably be at first yeah. base. All Nick, right. Nick and Mike McKay will see time at first base. McKay? Yes. Beautiful. Uh, Molson and Loger at uh, second. Correct. And then outfield, you got, holy, you got Jumpin' Jack Kraft, you got Levi, you got Cook, you have... Cody uh, Dixon. Dixon. Cody Dixon. Mike McKay. Mike McKay. I mean, yeah. it's an embarrassment of riches here. Don't forget about Watkins, too. He will not be happy if you forget it. Well, I mean, while well, Watkins, the anchor there behind the plate when he's not slinging bass down there off Middle Island. Did you see the picture, by the way, that one? Oh, he hauled a beauty. I was there. Wore it right out. Wow, no bigger than yours. The oh, ones no. you caught on that in Napping. Oh, yeah, but this was this was pre-Napping trip yeah, here. Okay. No, I, I trumped him out in Napping. There's yeah. no question, but the one he hauled in uh, was a beauty. But anyways, yeah, Watkins, we got to get him in there. It's a great problem to have, but... It's tough to make a lineup. That's right. On any given mean, night. Then that's where it comes into the getting different guys in and different guys' games off and, and using our depth. And, and what do they, what do they call it in the NBA? What is it? Load management. Load management. So you got to load manage these guys now. <laughs> load management. Load management. If, if we give Ori Cook a night off, we're going to say load management. Yeah, load management. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So look, at I, I realize we're all uh, heavily slanted towards Ironman. Yeah. Um, but is there a, an early season favorite, or is she wide open? I think it's wide open. Yeah, yeah I do. I mean, St. John's staff is, is as good as it's been since I've been in the league with mm-hmm. depth. Uh, I think our team's better than we were last year. Uh, Fredericton has, has Kramer and another top righty coming. Uh, Moncton continues to grow and, and brings back their two good imports from last year. Right. I and, mean, and again, that going back, Moncton, that junior program is as good as it gets. That's right. Feeding and them. PEI, a bit of an unknown quantity right. with, their, with their junior kids coming up, but you know they're also three years removed from winning a, a championship as well and look at i don't want to get all uh, tug on your heartstrings here but after 100 years of hard work and volunteering and throwing his own money into it uh, no doubt at various times uh, it's nice to see ferguson uh, definitely w- w- with a shot he, he, he deserves that you don't think kevin ferguson that is charlottetown I, I, I go for last names i apologize comes back into the league with a dud yeah Right. You don't think they they would they would gauge what they've got and who's committed and all that. So and that's because right. that's why they did leave. It that's was, right. It was the ability to get commitment from players. Exactly. But, um, they're not coming back just to walk around the league and get beat up everywhere they go. Exactly. Right. Yep. Well, as you talk about commitment, is less games the answer here uh, over the long term? Here, maybe we re- re- rejig things uh, to. Don't say that. Well, I'm not saying that, but there's a reason why. I mean, it's hard to get players to commit. 
Oh, okay. On that point. Okay. So maybe less games. Maybe you have I, more free weekends with your family. I, I don't think so. Okay. No. My, my wife may not like this, but... Uh, so 32 games is... I think is 32 games is great. I think it's great because... Two months. If you, when you go less games, all of a sudden the games get spread out. The, I don't want say the commitment becomes less, but it, it becomes less of a, of a league. Exactly. Right? We're not going to... Yeah. It's not every Thursday night at home, right? We try to develop some consistency and... and Gets momentum going with our crowds and our, our season. If we're at home every other Thursday night or two doubleheaders at home during a year, then, again, then we really don't have as, as good of a league. I look at a point well taken. You're agreeing with him right off the hop here, but whether you play 24, 28, or 32 games, could you not just put into the league that we prefer Thursdays? Because I guarantee you no other town wants Thursdays. So what are you going to do? Play once a week? Well, it's only one Thursday on a week. Road, and we'll then go on a road for another one? And that's it. You have one appearance. Oh, so what uh, you're saying is that home? you're home every Thursday. That's right. Right. I mean, what oh, I'm saying is oh, less, less games means less momentum with our schedule. And I mean, I don't know if, if Jason yeah. Jarvis or Shane Kramer or Jack Kraft or whoever is coming here to play 24 games. Okay, well, let me, you let, want you want them to be in the news. I understand but every three days cycle. I get it. I understand it. But okay. if the cost of that is a team that every other year may or may not be in, let's rejig it. That's all I'm suggesting there. But you guys are shooting that down. Do you have conversations where you're like, are you in this year? Are you out this year? Or oh, definitely. It's not lim- what I'm saying is this problem is not limited to Charlottetown. This is a systemic problem. I would suggest individually more so than as a group, at least with our with our team. I mean, there's guys who always kind of mull is is it time to to hang them up? Is it too much commitment? Is my family kind mm-hmm. of at a point where where I'm not available every Tuesday night to practice and every Thursday night and head to St. John on Saturday? But as a team, at least since I've been involved, I don't think we've ever been in a spot where we didn't think that we would operate. But you must look at some schedules and go, oh, my God, we're going to St. John on Saturday. No, no question. You know what I mean? Like, no yes. question. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I just, you guys really shot me down on that one. Uh, well, real, I, real emphatically and real quickly. I think the league's done a better job of, well, you got the junior league that develops, but I think all the teams are becoming more receptive to bringing junior players up quicker than they used to, Kevin. I mean, you you used to have some old lineups and the same players over and over and over again. And I think all the teams have been more receptive in receiving good junior players. That's right. Yeah. Yep. So that's where I don't think, and as a junior player, um, what's the age? When you're at a junior, what's how old are you? 21. Yeah. You're 21 years old and you want to play ball for the Chatham Senior Ironman. You're going to every game. You might have a girlfriend, you know, whether or not you have a family or not. And there's going to be some veteran players that can't make it. And that's where you fit these guys in. And as, as Mark Noel said, there's going to be times when players can't make it. That's all right. We got somebody real competitive that's going to want to play and he's going to go into that slot. Your slot's still good. But if you can't make it, fine. Let us know. And we'll have, we have the bodies this year that can fill that role. This year being the operative word. Absolutely. Like if Dixon says, I've been working hard all day out in 35 degree heat. Right. We're going to throw him a chair, and there's all kinds of bodies coming behind him. I get it, but that's not a luxury that a lot of teams have consistently is all I was saying there, but holy shit. But again, this is a a season that is uh, mind-boggling on the the, the quality and the the depth of, of your lineup. Yep. Yeah. Can you give us a grand tour of the nationals uh, and the teams that are competing here? Sure. Uh, our pool, us, BC, uh, Burnaby Bulldogs. Oh, is Rob Crankle still there? Nice. <laughs> he was a killer. Unreal. I murdered his name on the he PA. He batted a leadoff, too, I believe. Oh, yeah, it's third base. Go ahead. Uh, Alberta is used to be Fort Saskatchewan. I think their franchise is now Sherwood Park, the Athletics. Is that the one that McDonald used to play on? Exactly. Okay. Um, we have Ryan McDonald, Jerry. Newfoundland. I'm assuming the St. John's Capitals, but... I'm guessing. I could be wrong. 
uh, and we have Nova Scotia 2, which would be the Sydney Sooners. We've had some quality matchups with Sydney 15, 14 extra inning games. So it's Dartmouth and Sydney. Dartmouth and Sydney. And for fans, there's two from Nova Scotia because? Uh, we have no Saskatchewan, no PEI representing at the Nationals, right. and we fill out a 10-team tournament. Yeah, we prefer two divisions of five. That's right. All right, other division? Other division, Fredericton, Dartmouth. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ontario representative decided at a elimination tournament from hell uh, the long weekend in August 20, 2014 double really? knockout. So they killed themselves two weeks before oh, yeah. and then got a fundraise? Or? Yeah. Holy shit. Uh, Quebec, usually they send an all-star Did team say, from their senior Say it again, double round? Double knockout. Oh, double knockout? Double knockout. Two weeks before they get on a plane or a bus to the Nationals? That's right. Wow. Yeah. Friday to Monday. Wow. And team five is from Manitoba. I don't know who the Manitoba rep is this year. Jerry. Well, how do I know? Oh, but you're excited about Manitoba. You're well, all... yes, I would think the, the, the boys from the prairie is going to send a team. I don't know about Sask- Saskabush. You know, you know, Saskabush Jerry. might not, but Manitoba's sending a team. You know Jerry's a Manitoban? I did not. Oh. <laughs> Carpathia Junior High. Is that correct? <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> uh, the last time it was uh, Manitoba was uh, Brandon Cloverleaf, was it not? Correct. <laughs> What? <laughs> did you do some research before we got here? No, it's all in my memory. And did, did you tell Kevin you were going to ask him what, what, the, what the teams were and what the divisions were? No. Okay. But he just knew that. He's a pro. <laughs> now, listen, as I referenced Brandon Cloverleafs, um, I just lost my train of thought there completely. I had a really poignant question. Oh, I know what I was going to ask. Do they get excited knowing... Chatham is hosting it. I think so. Because it's a tight-knit community. You've seen these teams before. That's right. They they know what they're getting. Like Brandon, who has been here before, assuming it's them, Dartmouth knows the drill. They've been here before. Burnaby was here before. Burnaby was here before. Like, they're only too happy to get on that plane and make their cross Burnaby was uh, 2011, not 2015. I know what I was going to say that you say that. Here I am going from memory here, and I don't know why. I have no explanation for this, but I remember 2011 way more clear than I remember 2015 for whatever reason. 2015 is kind of a blur in my brain, but 2011, I could walk you through every game. Were you involved in both events? Never left that booth. You okay. were there, too. Oh, yeah. I, I just don't know why. 2011 really yeah, stood you to seem me. to absorb stuff better than I do when it comes to, I'm just doing the again, job. Again, going back to what was going on in the town, I yeah. think I, I think it was more that. It was more the thing to do that summer because we were going through a real shit time with uh, mills closing and, and, the, and the fellas moving out west or, or at least commuting back and forth. I mean, maybe it was just on, on an emotional level more so than uh, an actual sporting level. Burnaby was that that was two years or that was the 2011. We did that. That's right. Final game on TV yeah, that yeah. time. Who was that? Burnaby and Windsor Stairs. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we're getting short on time because yeah. Uh, why wouldn't they be excited? Just to extend your point on that, why wouldn't they be excited? You know, we take for granted. Mark Noel said this the last time he was here. We take for granted the Ironman Park and how. Oh, you sure know, it's do. just it's. Gotta, it's just a unique feel when you go in there, and it's cozy, and it's and it's comfortable, and it's professional, and it's this you might know, the sound, big wall and all that. It's this might sound foolish, but I guarantee I'm not the only person that does this. I will purposely go out of my way to drive by Ironman all field. the time, all the time, just yeah. to check it out. I don't yeah. care what's going on. If anything, I just like to go by the ballpark or anything that involves going across Centennial Bridge. I'll take the uh, John Street. <laughs> right, absolutely. But there's nothing. There's nothing better yeah. than coming down uh, St. Thomas Street there, coming around the bend by the payroll center, and then you see Ironman Field to your left, off in the horizon. You could never do. Uh, uh, you could never revamp that whole clubhouse, could you? Would there be room there to revamp that? You and I talked about. You want that walkway behind. 
the uh, dugout on the visitor's side to yes. expand and come out because it's such a narrow little walkway. Just things like that. Do you ever thought of any cosmetic changes that need to be or could be made? Or I would love to see crossed your mind. I would love to see a bigger. I guess what they would call in the uh, construction trade a bigger footprint for the clubhouse, meaning it'll be bigger. Yeah. but she's pretty snug to the road there where, yeah, I know. where it is That's right now. What I mean. Their only hope would be to go the first base side. Oh, the first yeah. base right. side, right? Yeah. That's right. yeah. And that would be odd because of the way the seats are angled there. Yeah, but anyways, look at uh, just, the, is that, is that, but the expansion of that fence would be a good move to widen that aisleway there that's uh, in behind the visitor's dugout. And you could do that. There's a fire yeah. hydrant there, that's, yeah. but you could flange that out just a bit. Anyways, the record ball is not swinging. We don't I got gotcha. you. <laughs> All right, Kevin's got to get to practice here. Uh, let's go through movies real quickly. Uh, go ahead, top five top sports five, movies. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, you, you told him that we were going to talk about this, did you? No. Okay. Go ahead. Major League. Thank you. Remember the Titans? Okay. Hoosiers. See, he's going old school there. You remember Gene Hackman, Hoosiers? Of course. Okay, sorry. Do you remember the stereo's name? No. Jimmy Chipwood. He's <laughs> <laughs> seen it a few times. Uh, Happy Gilmore. Wow. What do you think about that call? I think that's from that's way off the grid. See, you know, Happy Gilmore is like Caddyshack. Well, here, even even better, it would have been you came up through the Happy Gilmore. How old are you when Happy Gilmore comes uh, out? Very prime. Right. Yeah. So you've watched it every Friday night with the boys. That's you, right. Right. That was your go-to. Okay, I understand that. Sports theme, just like Caddyshack. It's, I know. It's around golf, I but was, it's, it's humorous more than it is golf. I was, qu- I was quick to judge, but okay. he would have grown up All in right. that era, so I'm going to give him a pass on that. All right. I'm not sold on a fifth. Bull Durham, maybe, would be fine. I'm shocked as shit. that you're, Slap shots in the mix, too. A field of Dreams has to be. See, now he dropped it on me the other day, and I was we were talking hockey, so I came up with all these hockey ones. Now you're you're focused on some baseball, and then you throw Happy Gilmore in there, but he was focused on baseball ones rather than who's he? Me? No, Kevin. Okay, I mean, I, yeah. well, that's his wheelhouse. You could just go what I'm Durham. saying. You said you're not coming up with major league, and I said, well, I was thinking more hockey than um, I, I just can't believe the Field of Dreams. And look at it, no. it is a it is a favorite. I wouldn't say it's the favorite. It'd be in the mix. What about sixty one? Did you watch sixty one? Oh, fantastic! I love that movie. Fantastic yeah. movie. And what about, and it, and it came to me after we talked about it, I, I have watched this movie, I don't know, 40 times, Moneyball. Yep. I just love Moneyball. I love oh, everything yeah. to do with that movie. I don't nope. know. Yeah, and the fact that there's some fact that goes with it and, and shows actual footage of the events, like that 20-game uh, winning streak that the that the A's were on, I remember it vaguely, Didn't wasn't entrenched in it, but uh, that they show live footage and stuff. I just love that movie. Moneyball is just one of those that's way up there with Field of Dreams. And how, how about Billy Bean not watching the games? Yeah. Can you imagine? No, I can't imagine no. that. You, you can't get your brain around that. Yeah. Uh, and I'm a little shocked here, too, uh, because it's almost birthright in your family that you're not going Rudy on me here. Uh, Rudy's in the mix, but it wouldn't be top but five. But you're diehard Notre Dame. Like, I, I guarantee I, I'm you, not diehard Notre Dame. I guarantee Dame. after the Christmas... <laughs> I, I, no, might, I might no. be in trouble when I say this. <laughs> oh, I just assume that after the Christmas dinner, you just watch Rudy. Is, is that not the, not the way it goes? No? All right. It's in the mix, but I, it wouldn't be top five. I'd say Bull Durham... Field of Dreams, Sandlot would be five. And since last we talked to you, and this is our final point, we're Did going... Did you hear him throw Sandlot in there? Again, from his era. I know. I, I respect that. Great. Before we let you go, you must be jacked. Uh, the Habs and the Panthers are playing a game. That's right. Somewhere handy to hear. Big Habs fan. I know you are. I mean, the thoughts of seeing the Habs, perhaps, at the Miramichi Civic Center. So have you seen any of this Suzuki kid that's playing at the Memorial Cup? I have. Right. He had a big playoff in the OHL. And do you remember during the draft last year when they took Kondaniemi and, and how everybody was, who the heck is that? And they were thinking the Habs blew another top pick. 
And then now, the, and then Paling comes in with the hat trick yeah. and, and the shootout winner in the last yeah. game of the regular season. No, not that I'm a Habs fan, but I do follow them, so I, I find it very intriguing that uh, those drafts that they think weren't they're they're going off the board they're going off the chart here and and uh, how it's worked out for them yeah all right you gotta get to practice any any final words anyone and you want to impart some wisdom on us before you leave uh not much wisdom but i'd love to see a crowd out june 6th opening night versus the moncton fisher cats jesus <laughs> and, and, and of historical significance too let's get a plug in for because you have a close connection to uh, james and mill as well the students are doing a, a bang-up job because uh, that is the uh anniversary of d-day as well that's right and we have a, a group from james and mill going to uh, Juno Beach on, and they will be there on D Day and Noel, uh, led by head coach Mark Noel right. and second baseman Charlie Molson. Yes, uh, Charlie's over there too. Yeah, Charlie will be there too. too. Yeah. So, uh, what's the time difference? They're like four hours ahead of us, eh? Four or five? I think it's five. Yeah. So we'll have to be texting Noel. That, no question. Um, <laughs> he'll be he, trying to get some sleep and we'll be banging his phone. He'll be telling me pitching changes in the fourth inning. Yes. Be texting him yes. Get him out of there. So we'll have a, a crowd of students at this uh, game as well. Uh, to do a little display of, of uh, the connection between the North Shore Regiment right. uh, National Champions baseball team. Right. I believe it was from 1942. I think 42. I think 42. that's what uh, Savage um, told us. So, uh, or Noel and it, Savage. It'll be a, a cool night at the ballpark. Real real quick aside, I was up to the uh, D-Day commemoration in Bathurst over the weekend past and uh, the changing of the colors uh, for the North Shore Regiment, which hasn't happened, I think, since 54. Don't quote me on that, but it's been a long time. And it's this beautiful parade. Young uh, Sean Cummings is in the North Shore Regiment, a student of yours, uh, son of Brian, umpire in the New Brunswick Senior Baseball League. Hey, there's all kinds of connections here. But anyways, just real quick aside, it has all the pomp and circumstance, the marching bands, uh, the veterans are there, God bless them, and their finery and their medals. And they march out the Shalor, we'll call them the Cadets Band, because I don't know. But they were from Shalor, the North Shore. And they come out with all the pomp and circumstance. And then they gather at center ice. And honest to God, boys they break into Ozzy Osbourne's crazy train. And you're just like, wow. I'm looking at the guys to the left and right of me going, wow, because he can't say anything, right? Because, But Ozzy Osbourne's crazy train, of all things for a military band to do, yeah. it just came from left field. I'm like, holy shit, this is crazy train. But anyways, that's an aside. So Did we'll they nail it? What? Did they nail it? Fine uh, version of it. No question about it. All right, so you're off. Uh, our best of luck uh, for the 2019 season. And you'll come back at some point. I might be back. All right, very good. Off you go. <laughs> Thanks again to Kevin Bowes for stopping by to chat about the Chatham Senior Ironman and the New Brunswick Senior Baseball League. LJ Patterson Sales, folks, a sponsor on board here on the run. New Brunswick's widest selection of trailers. And, of course, it's boat season. Check them out online at ljpattersonsales.com. That's ljpattersonsales.com. Well, on that train of thought, have you ever seen so many boats on the river in the last, I don't know, I guess since the start of May. Oh, oh you're talking actually uh, uh, on yeah. this, in the water on oh, this river. Down below where you live there by the Centennial Bridge. Unbelievable. The other day, Jerry, there ha- look, at, I, don't, I don't think I'm exaggerating, but there were 75 plus. It was unbelievable. I was heading, I guess, to the uh, north side, on this, heading north on the Centennial Bridge. You look to your left, which would be upriver uh, for folks who live here. And it was just like, holy shit, look at the boats. And we get into the bass out in Napin mm-hmm. a couple of uh, weekends ago. Thank you to uh, Bearcat McCormick. No stranger to Chatham Senior Ironman Baseball fans is he. And he's going to be involved this year. Well, he's involved with the Nationals. Nationals, yes. absolutely. And uh, Rodney Dixon back. also took us back. And folks will remember yep. Rodney Dixon. He played for the old Napin Braves as well. I'm telling you. In the Miramichi Valley Baseball they League. Knew, they know hunting and fishing too duck hunting and fishing and, and we are we are too to be we are meant to be taken to the fish <laughs> I, I, 
I don't know that we're shore guys anymore. You know what I mean? No, we're not shore. We're guys. like get on the boat, and Ronnie would say pointer there, Quinn and Jerry, and we would start stabbing. Well, them. Lauren Green and I took out the Green Machine, the first voyage of this season for the boat that we picked up last fall. Oh yeah. Anyway, so we launched at the Chatham Wharf. Of course, nobody's tending to the Chatham Wharf at this point, and the docks are nothing. There's nothing going on there, so but, you just roll you, it in. But you have access to the slip, right? Yeah. So we go out just to test it out, and we took the rods out and threw a few lines, and this was the only nice day, which was Sunday, and it wasn't too bad, still cloudy, and we had a coat on and stuff, but everybody we came across, which was, as you say, there was a number of boats there, asked, how's it going? Nah, haven't caught much, haven't caught much, but there was 60 or 70 boats in this area between either the lower side of the bridge, the Centennial Bridge, or the upper side of the bridge. And I, and I thought, well, everybody's here probably because there's fish here, but it doesn't seem like that was the case. And it doesn't get to a point like, like uh, Rodney and, and Bearcat said, it gets to a point where the fish leave the Napa River and go. Mm-hmm. And then doesn't it get to a point where these fish are moving up and they're up at Strawberry Marsh and they're up further than that by now? Or, or what is the timetable? I don't know if anybody knows the timetable, Well, but for all the people we talked to on Sunday, and there's there could be four or five people in one boat, real nice $80,000 boat and five rods, and they haven't caught much. So what are you saying? You never you never stabbed a thing? No, we, we uh, it was about getting the boat out and trying it, and we stopped a few places and tried, and that was about it. But we were only out for, we had a time limit there. We only had a couple of hours to work with. Answer the question. Did you get any fish? No. All right. Look, I don't understand the science behind it, Jerry, but I understand the cooler weather right now. Like, it's things have cooled off. Um, they get a little lethargic might be the word they're yeah. a little bit less active uh, when it's colder uh, and they do head upriver to spawn look uh, again I don't know when we're way at a yeah. it, well it, see the, the the prediction is with the annual striper cup this week and that they're going to be between the bridge and like Strathad and Whitneyville um, last year I can remember being taken up as far as Red Bank and we were slamming them left right and center mm-hmm. but again I don't understand the science behind it but the long story short for folks listening in the river is seemingly full of bass and uh, come on way over and say hello and we get into them thanks again to Ronnie uh, McCormick and uh, Rodney Dixon out in uh, Did Napa I take you down a trail river. you didn't want to go? No not at all oh. but uh, what I am a little mildly offended about is is that I haven't been invited on the green machine again again it was the maiden voyage had to make sure everything was right before you and i get in there because there's a certain weight capacity to the boat but you and i can get in there and be very comfortable she'll handle us oh yeah it'll oh no we'll tool around it again again, i'm not a guy that we're we're coming back to load management here yeah we're gonna but it it, we're going to and it will be fun the the sight of so many people and people out there boats uh in miserable weather yeah Fishing away. Now, yeah. are these people out there fishing away in miserable weather well, professionals? Sure they are. Here, Here's the deal, and perhaps you don't know, but this is the largest cash prize of any bass tournament in New Brunswick. I did not know that. So there are, I don't know, like, uh, I don't know if league is the right word, but there are such things as yes. pro bass fishers who, yes. who do the circuit. Yes. And this is on the target. And of course, twofold, and um, I, I guess it's to the city of Miramichi and Jeff Wilson's credit. The and maybe you're hearing this for the first time. The individual division has been going on since the first right up until this coming Friday, which will be the 24th. And then the teams take over from 24, 5 and 6. Okay. So for folks who are here on a scouting mission, it's, it's a bit interesting that you don't have to register. But it would have been crazy to not register because you're in on that big boat draw. Right. And you might grab, I mean, we're, look at the uh, social medias of the uh, local circuit here are rife with pictures of massive 
massive bass. I think I saw one the other day, Jerry, that measured out at 92 centimeters. Wow, that's a big one. That's a big My fish. Goodness. Um, so we yeah, saw we saw in person a 70 right, you know, centimeter one, and that was a huge fish. That was a honker. Uh, the other thing too that I admire about these people, and I'm not one of them, and maybe you are, but uh, yeah, there's a certain degree of uh, pros out there, but. Uh, the equipment they have in mm-hmm. the sense that they can go out in mm. near sub-zero temperatures with a brisk breeze and in rain. I don't have that equipment. No. I, I layer up and cross my right. fingers. Um, as a matter of fact, it was chilly out there in Napa the day we were out. Mm-hmm. For what this bass uh, industry has done in regards to the economy of the river. It's ridiculous. Is it? Am I missing something that the salmon fishery contributed that much, or am I well? Am I not aware of what the salmon fishery did for this region? I think that's a bit of a slippery slope, Jerry. Yeah, what, I what, what I do know is this: I don't know if there's a parallel to be made. But uh, it was a select group, oh, rather than this is everybody and anybody. Well, look at can he, bass fish, and, and, and the diehard salmon anglers may take me to task on yeah. that. But it, well, I got broad shoulders, and I agree with you. What this bass fishery has done has, I mean, a $10 rod from your store of choice and a, a couple of dollars in lures of yep. your store, store of choice, yep. and you're in business. And little kids are slamming big bass. And you know what it's like? I, I've never fished a trout in my life. You you have your annual run there through, uh, is it down, down Horton's River? Creek. Horton's yeah. Creek. Yeah. You know the patience you need to fish trout if you're not into them, as they say. And salmon is a very patient sport, but this bass, when you hit them, it's crazy. Well, the other thing I heard this weekend, of course, they had the Trout Derby going up in um, Red well, Bank, Red Bank. Yeah. Yes, and I don't, I don't know if if the uh, the outcome or the or the uh, uh, the pickup or the, the 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 catching was that plentiful. Yeah, I don't know the answer to that either. Yeah. I talked to Chief Bill Ward heading into the tournament. Didn't follow up with him uh, after the tournament. Uh, I did see a picture of a doozy. I'll show you here. I'll find it on my phone. One gentleman got a dandy. Well, that's what leads me into, of course, because of the amount of bass that are in the river and the and the size that some of them can be. Again, don't you think the 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 trout take a beating with the with the uh, bulliness, I guess, of the bass? Oh, the bass is an aggressive fish. Yeah. Uh, they've been known to eat their own. <laughs> so, well, that's the truth. I know. And so they will. They're I don't know if predatory is where we're looking for, yeah. but they're they're hungry and voracious. Yeah. But uh, they are uh, doing. Uh, some damage uh, to the stocks of other species. And the reason I wanted to get into it with you, because it, it seems to be on everybody's mind every time you drive up and down the river about well, how many boats are out there and who's fishing, who's not, when are you fishing, why are you fishing there, and so forth. Here's what I know, too, uh, from my vantage point uh, on the corner of Pleasant and Jane Streets, too, and early in the mornings, and it's really uh, heated up here uh, over the last couple of weeks, uh, the number of trucks towing trailers with fancy boats that we see each and every morning is staggering. Mm-hmm. If we're seeing them that early in the morning, I guarantee you they didn't drive into town, so they've stayed somewhere the night before. Yeah. And this is a Monday through Friday type of deal, too. Yeah. Um, so the, the jolt that uh, we have received uh, to our economy, in typically, Jerry, what they call the shoulder season before summer breaks out, it's, it's nothing but good news. Yeah. I don't know how well your eyes are, but uh, look at that dandy trout right there. That's a trout? That's a trout. Wow. I know. That's a big trout. All right, Memorial Cup rages on uh, as we record this afternoon. Tonight's feature game, Jerry, is? Is the uh, Guelph, Storm. which is the OHL champion, taking on the Western champion, the Prince Albert Raiders. And the Raiders are 0-2. Yes. Guelph is 1-0. 1-1. And, 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 and Halifax yeah. is 2-0. Uh, 
Halifax is 2-0, and Rue Durand is 1-1. Right. So here you have a situation where Prince Albert needs to win just to force some kind of tiebreaker. So uh, the theme of it, and, and I, um, I'm amazed at the, at the Guelph Storm, and uh, I find them the most entertaining team. I was, I've been a little bit, I, I guess, somewhat disappointed with Prince Albert. And they always say, well, okay, they had to travel a long way and, you know, get a, a, accustomed to yeah, the, blah, blah, give me blah. a break. Yes, they're it's 18 not, to 20 years don't old. Don't make excuses for yeah. them like that. They got to be prepared mentally and physically. And yes, every team that goes away, you know, uh, uh, Bathurst went to Regina, Regina last yeah. year and never lost a game. So right. don't give me that. I mean, I that's a long way to go, you know, from northern New Brunswick to the southern part of Saskatchewan. So. so the conversation that you have had, which I find wildly interesting, and please take some time and explain yourself here, is that uh, though uh, Ruin Aranda down Halifax over the course of that series and are there as President Cup champions and Halifax is host, your theory or uh, a plausible theory being bandied about is that Halifax was built to to win a tournament and not necessarily I don't know if they were sustain it over the long term I don't know if they were built to win the Memorial Cup you want to win the Memorial Cup we just thought uh, the people that watched them all year uh, thought they looked like they're more capable of winning that one-on-one tournament so it's a it's a you get one shot right i mean uh they won their first two games and tip your hat to them against two good teams the the observers just thought they didn't have enough to sustain a six or seven game series and win the president's cup and the memorial cup so uh the fact that they didn't win the president's cup not a huge surprise run around was an awesome team all season long that has every ingredient you would want but here's Halifax going to be on home ice and, and all reports and talking to Willie Palov, who writes for the Chronicle Herald in, in Halifax. Mm-hmm. The fans have been a huge factor. They are loud and proud and everything that's going on in that city has upped the, uh, I guess, the adrenaline surge for, for the home team. And, well, and they, they've, they've played very well. The two games I've seen them in have played very well. And when it comes to a one-game showdown, they got Rune Aranda tomorrow night. And if they beat them, they're in the final. Mm. They're hosting. They'd be hosting the final. And the one gray area heading into it, call me crazy, correct me if I'm wrong, is uh, Gravel, but he's he's answered the bell. Played well. He's played his position well. Hasn't had to be spectacular, but he's made the saves that they require him to make. If you're going to pick the corner over his top, over his shoulder, yeah, we can give you that. But you saw, you might have saw the game last night. First opening two game, two goals, one in both end. Prince Albert, the, the goalie wasn't snug enough against the post. And same as Samuel Harvey, who's a tremendous uh, goaltender all season long, below two in goals against. Again, he didn't get around on a wraparound. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you need that type of goalie, and Gravel has done that so far for them, and they've been getting the, the scoring that, that's that been necessary. Now, the one factor I told you about that I've, I've had a real sore spot about is knowing that I've interviewed Noah Dobson when he was in Bathurst. Oh, here we go. And uh, what he did for that team and what, a, what a, a tremendous player he has been for the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League. Here, you have the Halifax Mooseheads hosting the national event on national TV and the hometown fans are booing Noah Dobson. Mm-hmm. A young man that is grew up in the Maritimes. He's from PEI. Summerside. He's as honest as the day is long. And I didn't see all the games in the final, but they seem, the Halifax fans seem to have a dislike for Noah Dobson, thus booing him let me, let at the national event, which I really have an offense let, let me, ju- let me Not ju- that he can't handle it. Let me jump in here, too. Um, oh, I think he relishes it, but let me jump in. Uh, a Memorial Cup champion. 
and representing Canada the most recent World Junior. Yes. There's every reason to admire this kid. His stick doesn't break. They win gold. Highest drafted PEI. Do you remember that play? I do, absolutely. Yes. Highest drafted Islander ever to the Islanders, ironically enough. Yes. Yeah, you know what? I, uh, you know what? You have a, a, a bigger toe in this water because you cover that league uh, and, and watch the league very extensively. But I, I do take great exception to that as well. I will agree with you. Now, um, now a, a little bit of it is that he's, a, you know, he's 19 years old and they're, and they're booing him at a national event for junior hockey. I can see, and I tweeted it out last night, I can see, you know, the booing of P.K. Subban, the booing of Brad Marchand. Those guys um, invite it. I don't think Noah might have done it uh, from what I've seen from other responses that he might have done some things during that final series against Halifax that the Halifax fans are still still taking offense to. So that's why they're booing him. But it's time to get over that and and it's time to just play the tournament and 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 show Halifax as a. You know, a, a, a friendly, you know, hospitable well, place that we are in the Maritimes and not to be booing a kid from the Maritimes to boot. I don't care what team he plays for. Right. I don't care. You and I have a couple of connections to the tournament this uh, week uh, in Halifax. Uh, McCormick is down there and I get the odd picture. Uh, from him and I have uh, some colleagues in my nine to five uh, who uh, you know work down in Halifax and they are saying the city is just completely yeah. upside down and Halifax in and of itself is a bit of a party in a good t- way upside down oh yes way, it's yes. in and of itself a bit of a party town yeah. and, a, and a bit of a you know uh, most folks who have traveled east from points beyond usually hit Halifax at some point in his or her journey and secondly just the location of the metro center alone mm-hmm. and they've blocked off a couple of roads and made some fan fests and uh, street fests and all that mm-hmm. and, and you see the footage leading in and out of the broadcast it's it's unbelievable to, to see it in action and a brand new convention center right next door right next door you know to host the formal events yes yes absolutely all right our next uh, topic of uh, conversation let's 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 briefly i'm not a big basketball guy i am wrapped up in the raptors here but that Kawhi leonard shot <laughs> and think about this and allow me some rope here as i make this point is that already in the great conversation of great Canadian sports moments up there with a 72 Summit Series, an 87 Lemieux goal, the Canada Cup, Joe Carter home run, uh, Sidney Crosby's golden goal. I could go on and on and on. In dramatics, yes. It's there already. But all they they did was win a first round or second round series with the shot, okay? Now you're putting 72 in there and you're putting Joe and you're putting Crosby. I'm I'm getting lofty there. I'm reaching high. But, but, But... it did put to, to bed the ghost of Vince Carter and, and, and what happened 20 years uh, ago and the, and the missed shot. Hugely dramatic play, Mike. And not just that uh, who shot it and what point in the game. It wins a game seven, first of all. Right. And it bounces four times. And I do believe that no game seven has ever been decided by a buzzer beater. Exactly. That's true. That was the other part of the dramatics right. of it all. But the, the fact, <laughs> and I was watching... Uh, Actually, I wasn't watching it live. Here's a good story for you. So Game of Thrones is on the same night. Oh, for the love of God. Okay. So it's coming down seven minutes left in the Sixers-Raptors game. Right. Throw that on record. And yeah, I had to watch. We had to watch Game of Thrones live for the next episode. But at this point in time, the only way that scenario works is if you 
Oh, I'm your, blocked out. Uh, the phone's not. But, but you got to put your phone no, away. No. Okay. So Game of Thrones is 80 minutes, and then I come back and I'm watching it. And I've never in a, in the longest time that I can remember, even going back to Crosby's goal in Vancouver to win uh, the Olympics, of which I was very scared that they were going to lose to the Americans, who I, I dreaded that they were going to win right. an Olympic gold. Um, did I jump out of my seat? I jumped out of my seat because I just couldn't believe bounce, 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 bounce in. Right. Couldn't believe it. The dramatics of it all. It was so dramatic. And just to go backwards, you had the discipline to watch your 80-minute episode of Game of Thrones and then go back and ignore your phone? Yes. Wow. That's easy. Wow. I can do that. So what are you saying here? Is is, is it in the conversation or, or, or what? It doesn't... It wins. Yes, it is. It will be in Toronto lore and TSN will blow it up. That'll be. Oh, here we go. <laughs> TSN will have it said it's, you know, the center of the universe for a long, long time. You're one of those Toronto Sports Network guys. Anti Toronto Sports Network. No, but well, you're, you know, you're, yes, it's not Tia. It's not the sports network. It's the Toronto Sports. No, you're one of them. I am one of them. And just and again, sit back and, and look at times of, you know, Third story in, okay, it's about the Leafs. The Leafs aren't even playing. I know. You know. Anyways, so having said that, it, the impact on the country, not alone Toronto, but anybody who's watching, and it was a game seven in basketball. Now, you get more interested, trust, and in, in follow me on this, do you get more interested in basketball when it comes down to playoffs and people fighting for their lives? Playing for their lives. With or without Toronto. With or without Toronto? With, yes. Without, no. Yeah, you watch, did you watch Golden State and Portland play? No. You didn't? No interest. So once I, once I get into playoff mode with basketball, I'm watching as many as I can get my hands we'll on. We'll see now on the opposite. If the Raptors go out here in the Eastern Conference Final, I'm out. Don't care. I'll still, yes. Um, I won't be that much interested in a Milwaukee-Golden State Final, no. And uh, Golden State, by the way, has punched their ticket. They'll be in the final. It's going to be Toronto or Milwaukee. That is going to meet them. On the other hand, switching still into the playoffs about the Boston Bruins making it to the final. And who would you rather see San Jose or St. Louis play them knowing that St. Louis and San Jose have both never won the cup. Of course, the Bruins did in, in 2011. The Bruins look like they're ready to win another one. But who would you rather see in the final? St. Louis has the league well, going into action tonight. Could win it on home ice and reunite the 1970 Stanley Cup, in which Bobby Orr leaping through the air scores the game winner in overtime. Three things. I go for geography, so I'll take St. Louis. <laughs> Selfishly, St. Louis is in the early year time zone. I'll go with St. Louis. And thirdly, I like there's deeper history for the Blues. They've never won a cup after all these years. When they came in, the 67 expansion? Remember yes. that time? Yes. So it's been a while. And they dominated. And the reason they were in the final in, in 1970 was because most of the expansion teams were in the West. And St. Louis was the best of the West. Ah. You still had the original six in the East. And so Boston had to fight their way to the final in, 2000, in 1970. So it was always, they were always the default. St. Louis had the best team in the West that had like the LA Kings and, and I think Pittsburgh was there and Philadelphia was there then in 67 and, and so forth. Um, so they were always the default winner in the West. I, I, I see, I like San Jose for a number of reasons is because Joe Thornton is playing and it has kind of, it rings of that Raymond Bork 
type of win in, in Colorado, even though Joe Thornton's been out there for a long time. Can I jump in real quickly here? The Blues were there at 68, 69, and 70. Three years in a row. Right. Wow. Because there was nobody in the West that right. they had the best squad put together. Wow. But could not compete and lost all three. Yes. And Boston was one of them in 1970. Boston right. didn't win in 71. Right. I think it was the Habs won in 71. Wow. Anyways, um, Joe Thornton is still playing great and has been around a long time. Nice to see him win a cup. Oh, I don't disagree with that. So that, that's, that's where my heart is. St. Louis is, is, is yes, the, an underdog that has survived since the 1st of January. They say we're in the, in the early weeks of January. They were the dead last in the league and how they've come so far and changed with supposedly the goaltending. Right. That Jake Allen was well, out and Bennington was in. And though he's not playing, uh, I, I'll go with Allen, too. So there's, I gotcha. there's reason number four. He was very kind to the Renews Craft Hockeyville folks. 67 New coach, too, came in. Brubay came in. So 60, maybe. 67 expansion. Do you remember the teams that came in? I would have to say in 67. And by the way, it was the first time they went from... How many? One, two, three. One, two, three four, five, six, and St. Louis is seven. So seven. Okay. It went from six so to 13. Pittsburgh, Philadelphia, Minnesota, uh, LA, California Golden Seals. Holy shit. There's five. I got one more. Minnesota, LA, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, right. California, and right. St. Louis. I got them all. Yeah, you did. Yeah. There was six. Sorry, I thought there were seven. I thought I counted seven there. Yeah, there were six teams at it in 67. Wow. That's crazy. Oh, geez. That was my world. Uh, you know, 1967, uh, I was six years old, and hockey was, that's what I did. Hockey was it. And uh, as, through the teens, all you, all you thought about was hockey and played hockey and watched hockey and couldn't wait for Hockey Night in Canada. And you don't remember, maybe you do remember, it got to a point, I don't know what year it was, CTV showed a game on Wednesday night. Hockey. Yeah, I can't say I remember that. Oh, I mean, again, you had three stations. Right. Okay. And CBC had Hockey Night in Canada Saturday night. That's the only night they played hockey. Right. Showed hockey. Now you can watch hockey any night. And then there was, I don't know how many years it was. And then they, CTV took on and, and Jimmy Esau or whoever it was that, that they would have doing the play by play. And they did a Wednesday night game on TV. And that was like heaven on earth. A midweek game in, All right. on TV. May I read to you? Yeah, go ahead. I have the uh, power of the internet in my hands here. CTV's involvement with the NHL began in the 65-66 season with a series of Wednesday night regular season games. They were produced by the McLaren Ad Agency, mm-hmm. if that helps, which also produced, at the time, Hockey Night in Canada. Wow, so there was still, okay. And the big, of course, the major sponsor back then was Esso. Esso was the sponsor that would did Hockey Night in Canada, and, and I, maybe they did the CTV one too. Now, yeah. see if it, does this ring true for you. As was the case with most Saturday games, the contests were usually Leafs, Canadians, or Canucks broadcasts. Oh, no, absolutely. Really? And usually on that Wednesday, it'd be a Wednesday. It'd be uh, Montreal or Toronto. And after 1970, yeah. the Canucks came in. Yeah. Wow. So that predates the Oilers and Flames and the rest. So do you know who came in when the Canucks came in in 1970? No. You don't? Oh, no. I was born in 76, so no. Okay, so... It's not got to do with anything. Okay, so... Okay, I'll take a stab at it. 1970? Okay. 1970. How many came in? Vancouver and another team. Vancouver and another team. Well, it's no one in Canada. Oh, your Jets. 
No. No? Okay. That's so for WHA. Vancouver and, well, what year they make the leap to the NHL? 79. Same year as the Oilers. 79-80. Yeah, well, the Oilers, the Oilers, the Jets, the Nordiques, and the Whalers came in. All came in together. Yes. All right, so Vancouver, 1970. Jerry, um, I'm going to say it was Cleveland. I'm going off the grid. No. Colorado. Buffalo. Oh, shit. Gilbert went first overall. Vancouver took Dale Talon. Wow. Yeah. So let's finish on Memorial Cup. Are you making a prediction here? Am I making a prediction? That is a tough one. I'm going geography. I'll go Halifax. They certainly have the momentum. But if you remember, and again, and it's junior hockey and anything can happen. It's a one-game showdown. You remember in uh, 2006, in the sweaty confines of the oh, Moncton Coliseum. Do I ever. And the, the Moncton Wildcats had dominated uh, the Memorial Cup, played very well, had a stud team, mm-hmm. great team. Who do they face? The team that they eliminated in the Quebec League final, the Quebec Rampire, right. in the final. And Cedric Desjardins stands on his head in goal. Again, that's how valuable a goalie can be in a one-game showdown. And Patrick Waugh and the, and the uh, Ramparts win the game and win the Memorial Cup seems to me on Moncton Ice. Seems to me it was a high-scoring affair. 6-2. Oh, was 6-2? Moncton could not score on this kid. And they got a couple of empty netters, I think, what, the way it went. And Is Nolan there in 06 or this predates Nolan? No, that's Nolan. Okay. That's all Nolan and, okay. and Danny Flynn then. Right. Yes. So what a, what a clash of the Titans there over and above Wildcats Romper. You have Nolan and Waugh. I mean, that's a Danny intriguing matchup in and of itself. So then what I'm trying to say, it is so hard to predict. And you could have Halifax and Runaranda in the final. Wouldn't be surprised. Could Runaranda win it? Yes, they beat them before. They beat them four to six in the in the league final. But now they're on home ice. And now all the momentum of the Memorial Cup in their rink. But at Patty, it is quite a distraction. I remember um, in 06 how the uh, Wildcats tried to get their players away from their billets. Are you doing that, and, ga- are you doing that game? Them. No, I was in St. John in Saint for 506. So they, they hoteled it to emulate? Right. They took, I don't know if it was a barracks or what it was, but they got them away from their billets and their families, and they say, we have to do this. There's too many distractions. Wow. There's too many distractions. Do you think, I love it, you love it, but at the end of the day, they're kids. Do you think there's too mm. much hullabaloo about the Memorial Cup or, think, or it is what it is. I think the coverage that you have from the media just it it, it uh, climatizes them to the attention. Right. I really do. I really think. And then, of course, the Internet, whatever the case may be, you know, you can't tell me they're not looking or watching or seeing what else is is uh, is uh, happening in the world of social media around this event. And uh, they're so I think they're so used to just a simple term or just accustomed to especially the good teams yeah yeah they're used to the you know, they're also mature about that stuff and and how much of an impact everything is you'd be amazed and just like i say on noah dobson about him you know shouldering any of those boos i don't think it bothers him i think my point was i just thought it looked bad for us as a region and the city of Halifax to be booing a young man that's also a maritimer. And as far as coverage, as you say, and all you know uh, best is, uh, I shouldn't say all you know, but you know best, the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League, does does each team have a broadcast? And does each team travel with at least one, if not two, uh, reporters? 
Uh, no, uh, most it's, it's very, not mandatory. No, it's not a reporter. No, and uh, and radio. Broad- no, really, not necessarily. Um, a lot of teams do. Uh, one just came to mind. Shakutami didn't always travel with a play-by-play guy. Some guys, some teams or, or radio stations can't afford it. Some radio no, stations. No, okay, I'm not limiting it to radio, but broadcast, internet, or otherwise. You're telling me Shakutami does not broadcast their games. Not, back to the- I, not their three-game road trip through the Maritimes really? in the middle of January. No. What about the far-flung Valdors and Ruin Randers of the world. Again, I'm not positive. Uh, not all of them do. Not all of them do, be it internet or otherwise. And you've been to Ruin Randers on a broadcast. I've been to Ruin Randers on a broadcast. And what's that And like? usually the next night it's Valdor because they're an hour apart. Bose and I were communicating, uh, trying to set this up, his visit to, to today's pod. And uh, he said, where, where the hell's Ruin Randers anyways? And I said, well, as far as I know, it's up in the northern wilds of Quebec and closer to Ontario as I understand it. It's the northwestern border between Quebec and Ontario. Timmins is two hours away I, from Runaranda. Runaranda is not far away from the Quebec-Ontario border, northwest. And, and I think I Google mapped it, and, and assuming fair winds and uh, decent road conditions and things are running <laughs> lean and pure, I think it's 17 hours from here. I thought I... Uh, yeah, oh no, it's a stretch. So did you drive that or fly that? I researched Runaranda because I tweeted this out the other day, and here's another subject that you might want to go down to. Ruin Aranda is 1,800 plus miles from Halifax, or kilometers, 1,800 plus. Let's say 1,876, okay? Jesus, okay, let's say... Just, eight, just, I just, I, when I say 18 plus, it's between 1,800 and 1,900. 1,876 uh, it is. 1,876, okay? <laughs> in that league so final... random. In that, and that's a long way. In that league final between Halifax and Ruin Aranda, they went two in Ruin Aranda, Two in Halifax. One, one, one. Or one in Runaranda, one in Halifax. And if it was game seven, they're going back to Runaranda. You're flying that, though. Right. Yes. Okay. In the Western League, Prince Albert is 1,700 plus miles away from Vancouver. Right. Did you think it would be more? I thought it was, but no. it wasn't. So Runaranda was farther from Halifax than Prince Albert, Saskatchewan was from Vancouver. Yeah, I'm no great geography major, but to me, they're probably equidistant in okay. my mind's eye. And Vancouver, believe it or not, uh, to be clear with you, they play in Langley now. They don't play in the city. They they're play in the Langley. Vancouver Giants. Oh, they but, still are the Vancouver okay. Giants, but they play in Langley. So their playoff format was 2-3-2. Right. So here... Vancouver, feeling great about themselves, win game six on the road to force a game seven. Not at their rink, though. They got to play again in Prince Albert. Right. So my point was, if, it's, if, it's, if there's, a, if there's a, a document that says these are the rules in regards to the travel. In the Quebec League, once you get past the semifinals, it becomes 2-2-1-1-1-1. Two, two, one, 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 one. Right. Okay? In the early rounds, yes, 2-3-2. Two, two. Moncton experienced it with Bay Como. Played two in Bay Como, play, came home, played three, went back to Bay Como for two. My point is, it should be consistent throughout the CHL. You can't have a team come and go on the road and win in a game six and have to play the exact same thing. This is a league final. And then have to play again in that rink the very next night to play a game seven? It does seem odd with so much on the it line. Does. It, it, it does. It seems odd. And that, that was my point anyways. And, and, and you have flown in there, I'm assuming. Have flown in there and driven in there. But the, driving in but, there. But let me say this. There, there are very few teams outside of, well, let's call it what it is. I, w- I would suggest, Jerry, that outside of Quebec, St. John... Moncton, Halifax, very few are affording to fly into Ruin Aranda Valdor. Well, the thing about the playoffs, and you know this, all the money you make in the playoffs is gravy, and so that should afford to make it possible for teams to fly when they need to in the playoffs. All right, so when you drive into Ruin Aranda, where are you the night before? God help me. Yeah, no. And what's that for a mission? Ottawa Hull. 
So from there to uh, Runara- from there to Valdor is four and a half hours. Yes, on a road that looks very much similar between Miramichi and Bathurst. Okay, like nothing. There's nothing except woods and road. Is there a bon route? <laughs> Oh, there's no, no, there's no, there's no, there might be a stop in, in where halfway in or something like that. that right. You might. So you're just straight. So that I have driven it re, being that we would travel to Gatineau for the first leg of the three game uh, set for the weekend. Then that would be on a Thursday night and maybe travel a Friday to play in, in Valdor Saturday and then run around a Sunday. And what's the difference between Valdor and Ruin around an hour. So like here to yeah. Moncton, give or so take. we'd stay in Valdor because you'd fly out of Valdor. The airport in Valdor is the more, uh, I guess, sophisticated airport. I don't know what the other way to put it. Metropolitan. Yes, metropolitan. <laughs> so, yes, I've, I've flown in, and, and every time I've been there, it's never been pleasant in regards to temperature and or wind. Well, no. Did I not see that Halifax uh, tweeted out uh, they were walking to the rink in, in the snow the other day? I said the other yeah. day, we week and a half May. ago. In May. Yeah. 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 Although it feels like that here by time as well. Well, it could have snowed the other day for sure. All right. I think that's all for now. Jerry, that'll wrap up uh, episode uh, number eight. Thanks again to LJ Patterson Sales, New Brunswick's widest uh, selection of trailers. It's also boat season. Check them out, ljpattersonsales.com. That's ljpattersonsales.com. And uh, we'll be seeing you next time. And uh, who knows where the road will take us, but you will be back. If you're inviting me, I'll always come back. And and one final plea for fans as we uh, say goodbye. Allow me to uh, just jump back in here. Get out to the ball field on June 6th for a couple of reasons. You're going to see a hell of a ball team in both the Chatham Senior Ironman and the Moncton Fisher Cats, but mm-hmm. it is of historical importance uh, with the marking of the D-Day uh, invasion, and that'll be uh, June 6th, uh, which is a Thursday evening at Ironman Field, and of course, um, so we would encourage you to support, if not the baseball, certainly the historical nature and uh, the students from James M. Hill and the Chatham Senior Ironman are working on a hell of a presentation for uh, that uh, particular evening. And on a real footnote, too, uh, I, I think in my, in my talks, as we uh, lamented earlier about uh, the changing of the uh, colors for the North Shore Regiment, I'm pretty sure Lef- Lieutenant Colonel Ray Dufour said there's less than 12 of those veterans left with us. It just seems like it'll be less of a place when those World War II veterans are gone. They're yeah, we grew up, you know, it's always Remembrance Day and there's always... And Absolutely. Just, as time goes by, we all get older, we all get heavier, all those other things, we lose some hair and mm. that's happening to everybody that was involved with that and as time goes by and, you know, become shadows and, and uh, before you know it, yeah... That is amazing statistic. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And uh, and of, of note for yourself, because I, I know you know him uh, from your uh, day-to-day, but uh, Mr. Forbes, and I say mm-hmm. that, uh, John, John is Forbes, it? yes. John Forbes took the time to speak to the uh, Lanthier, is the gentleman's last name, uh, the uh, big army guy in our country. And John likes to talk, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not pointing the fingers here, but it, yeah. was, it was, he is so sharp and of sound mind and physically... He sprung up out of his chair and he was shaking hands and uh, talking to everyone. It was yes. and the people around us who obviously don't know Mr. Forbes as well as you and I would are are kind of like, "Geez, that guy likes to talk." And we're like, "Yeah, yeah." But you know what? The man earned every second of whatever time he took. I think he's ninety six. I think. Oh, he'd be mid to late nineties for sure. Absolutely, and And sharp drives and walks and talks and yeah. And uh, one of my great memory. One of my annual annual contributions to the community is uh, uh, Sobeys and Douglas down here in in Miramichi. Uh, They do a Veterans Day uh, luncheon. 
And uh, Mr. Forbes is still the guy going door to door, getting some uh, door yeah. prizes for the veterans yeah, that we yeah, uh, hauled yeah. out of the, you know, and that that's should be, right. realistically, that should be you and I collecting those. Yeah. But gosh darn it, at the age of 90, whatever he is, 96, you think, he's out there going door to door. And I mean, look at who's saying no to that, right? Yeah. So, and I apologize if it's not 96. No, but He's 90 something. Yeah, 100% yes. he is. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks again for listening into episode eight. We'll be back. Uh, a reminder to check out our uh, Iron House uh, Productions fellow podcasters, the Shantyman. Check out uh, with what Victor and Sam have on the go. And thanks again to LJ Patterson Sales. Check him out online at ljpattersonsales.com. All for now. Good. <laughs>